Welcome to season two of ICMA's Local Gov Life. I'm your host, Erica White. This season, we're sharing stories of crisis and resilience. From natural disasters to acts of violence, local government leaders are on the front line, responsible for guiding the staff and community through the crisis and its aftermath. These powerful stories are told by the people who lived and led through them. In this final episode of season two, we'll hear how the city of Miami Beach, a member of the 100 Resilient Cities Network, is fighting against rising sea levels. The city is spending millions of dollars preparing for climate change, including elevating streets and installing pumps that remove water during times when the city would otherwise flood. Leading the initiative is ICMA member, Chief Resiliency Officer, and Assistant City Manager of Miami Beach, Suzanne Torriente. She sits down with ICMA's Samantha Wagner to offer a snapshot of the city's current infrastructure, discuss how residents take part in fighting climate change, and provide great insight for other local governments considering building rising sea level resiliency programs in their communities. So Suzanne, sea levels are rising around the world and in the U.S. South Florida is ground zero. Give us a snapshot of Miami Beach. We have a uh, stormwater improvement program that began in 2013, and that's really how we started our resilience work in adapting to the rising seas and dealing with flooding, sunny day flooding during the high tides, the seasonal high tides. Miami Beach is a coastal community. It's a low-lying barrier island, so it's kind of nestled in between the Atlantic Ocean and Biscayne Bay. We have about 90,000 residents, but our daily population can go up anywhere to around 200,000 with tourists and, and visitors. Our city was experiencing this type of flooding, and our residents and our city commission decided that they wanted to invest in our city and adapt to climate change. We've been working on our stormwater program, and it's essentially a program of elevating streets, installing stormwater pumps to pump the water out, and raising our, our seawalls. So that's kind of the construction that you will see on the ground if you come to Miami Beach. But we've also been doing a lot of work in terms of our land use on private development. And we've looked at our land use code and we have increased our standards for elevation for new construction to um, the FEMA base flood plus a free ward of anywhere between one and five feet. And we're also, seawalls have new standards of elevation and we're trying to create more of that surface area where the water can percolate down. So uh, we're looking at our program and really it's, it's, a, it's a series of things. It started with the stormwater program, but now we're really looking at resilience more holistically. And what are your residents saying about the issues of flooding and the drinking water and the beach erosion going on in Miami Beach? And how are they taking action? Three distinct issues. I think the easy one is the beach renourishment. We enjoy a good relationship with our county partners, and when there's federal funding available, we work on the beach renourishment in phases and where we get the hotspots from time to time. Uh, it would be good if we had a dedicated funding source locally, but when, when the dollars are available and the need is there, the, the city and the county and the feds do invest, and that obviously is important for not only our residents but our tourists. In terms of water quality, our, our water quality is good and and we really don't have any issues as of yet and that's something that we monitor and again work with our partners at a county and regional level. 
in terms of the stormwater program and the flooding, as mentioned earlier, the flooding that began uh, and the program that began in 2013 really was to address you know, the frustration of the neighborhoods that were getting the sunny day flooding, that were getting water into their cars and you couldn't drive down the roads. So now we've addressed that and we're going into other parts of the city that are perhaps at a little higher elevation and you don't see the sunny day flooding. So we're really engaging in a lot of community outreach and education. So we talk about sea level rise that's to come. We talk about how low lying we are. And then we kind of talk to each neighborhood and each each resident about how the street rising and the new drainage system, what will their neighborhood look like? And so it's, it it was easier when we started in the lowest lying area of the city in an area called Sunset Harbor. But as you go into other areas of the city, they're slightly elevated, not much, because like I said, we're a flat, I call it flat and flatter, if you will. It's a, we're a coastal community and incredibly low lying, some a little higher than others. As we go into residential neighborhoods, you know, residents want to understand what their community is going to look like. Is it still going to be a walkable, beautiful neighborhood? And so we work with the residents to ensure that the elevation is harmonized on the public side to the private side. In a recent Miami Herald article, I read that Miami Beach has more than $100 million invested in a flood prevention project in face of sea level rise. Can you tell us a little more about this project? At the end of the day, it's going to be probably a $500 million program over the span of 10 years. And we've invested $100 million so far. And that is, again, the road raising, the stormwater pumps replacing our older gravity system. Our city's about 100 years old. Some of our infrastructure is as old as that. And some of these storm drains weren't working as they were designed. And when the high tide would come, the water was actually coming back into the street through the drain. So part of that is replacing those older pipes and actually putting pumps that push the water out and work in the same effect of pushing the water off of of the roadway, but now being pumped out. And then again, elevating those seawalls where necessary to really help with uh, maintain our, our land. And I imagine your organization isn't short of other solutions for sea level rise. What other ideas does the city have planned to be more resilient in years to come? Well, the city is fortunate to be working with several partners. We are the municipal representative for Miami-Dade County in the Southeast Florida Climate Compact. That is a collaboration of the Southeast Florida counties from Palm Beach to Broward County, Miami-Dade, and Monroe. That We've been working together probably over the last 10 years or so on two regional climate action plans and several tools for the more than 100 cities in the region. We have training opportunities for staff. We have sea level rise projections that our planners can use. So that regional collaboration really gives us a lot of tools, a lot of information sharing. So that's one important collaboration that we're in. The other one is more local. We've created a partnership with Miami-Dade County, the city of Miami, and the city of Miami Beach. We're calling ourselves the Greater Miami and the Beaches, and we are part of the Rockefeller 100 Resilient Cities Network. And as part of that, we are working on a resilience strategy for the entire footprint of the county. And that's actually beyond climate resilience. We're actually looking at resilience through that broader lens of how does this community bounce back quickly when it's dealt with um, a shock, let's say, of a storm or stress uh, of sea level rise and flooding, and to use the, the Rockefeller 100RC terminology. 
so it's not only that climate resilience, but we're looking at resilience in terms of housing, transportation, uh, jobs, and prosperity, and, and how all these things are kind of interdependent with each other. We're working together on, on issues of data and innovation, of social equity, and intergovernmental cooperation. So I think those are some really uh, neat and progressive things that we're doing here in Miami Beach, not only us alone in the island, but really with those other partners at those other scales. And lastly, while Miami Beach is one of the top cities greatly affected by sea level rise, there are other communities also experiencing an impact. What are your tips for those communities looking into building rising sea level resiliency programs? I think the first step is awareness and information. I also say this to some of the residents who are afraid of some of these changes. And and I say, you know, don't be afraid, be informed. So I think other cities need to understand what is the elevation of the city, just like a, a homeowner, what's the elevation? of your own property. So find out your elevation. Understand what your city is doing uh, and investing if you're a homeowner. If you are a city, find out what are the sea level projections for your region and start to plan ahead. If the cities invest in yearly budgets and five-year capital plans and in multi-year master plans, and I think that what we need to do is start building the cities of tomorrow and not just going on past experience, but really thinking about in order to be more resilient, how do we build and how do we invest with the future in mind. So I think information is incredibly powerful and data informing that decision-making process is also incredibly powerful. Is there anything else, Suzanne, that you would like to add before we uh, close out on this podcast today? I think one exciting thing is we just launched our brand new Miami Beach Resilience Portal. It's mbrisingabove.com. Miami Beach Rising Above is our tagline for our resilience work to date. And if you go to that website, you'll see really a nice overview of everything that we've been doing in the different disciplines, in engineering, planning, transportation, everything having to do with climate adaptation and mitigation. It's a great site, very attractive, and it's really easy to navigate. That's it for today and for season two. Thanks for listening. Coming soon to this channel, United Front, a special season of Local Gov Life. We'll speak with groundbreaking women who have not only earned the respect and recognition of their peers by achieving the role of Chief Administrative Officer, but also have been selected as their community's first female manager. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our podcast channel and hear the entire season at icma.org podcasts. Also, please share on social media and tell a friend about us. Thanks again for listening to ICMA's Local Gov Life.